are continuing today with our message series called Abide. And it's a message series that's based off of John chapter 15. And we're going to read our scripture for today. If you open to John chapter 15, we're going to read from verse 4 to 11. Okay? Get your Bibles out, get your phones out. It's also going to show in a little box here on the bottom. I don't know if it's this side or it's this side. Um, but yeah, we're going to read. Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Father God, I pray that you will speak to us this morning. I pray that you will speak through this message and I pray that I will become less as you become more. God, we need to hear from you. We need your encouragement. We need you to lift us up in your truth. I pray that you will speak through this message. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts. Let us have ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to start off with a, a short story of something that happened to me a few weeks ago. Um, Ruben will tell you that I am not the most prepared person. I'm not a detail-oriented person. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be a better planner. You can ask the team at the Lisbon Project. I'm, I'm doing everything I can to be better at planning, but it's not really part of my DNA to be a very uh, prepared person that can foresee all the issues that are going to happen. I go with the flow, and the flow usually goes with me. Uh, things usually work out, and when they don't, uh, somehow you work with what you have. Um, and it usually works out, which is why I haven't really changed my strategy. I'm a go-with-the-flow kind of person. And um, a few weeks ago, when we first started the deliveries at the Lisbon Project, uh, for the Lisbon Project, for Riverside Lisbon, we asked people to come to Riverside Lisbon. The quarantine was already eased, and so people form a line and were able to give out food. But for the Lisbon Project beneficiaries, we started giving out food when uh, the quarantine was very strict. And so we would um, take the hampers in our cars and go to people's houses, which we still do uh, to this day. Uh, but it was the, I think it was the first or second week, and I had to deliver a food hamper to a house in Alfama. Now, for those of you who don't know, maybe you're not aware with, uh, uh, aware of the, the geography in Lisbon, maybe you, you aren't even from Portugal, um, but Alfama, entering Alfama is like entering an episode of the Maze Runner. Like once you get inside Alfama, it is a, a fight for survival to get out of there. It's impossible, basically, to get out of Alfama. But that was my, uh, that was one of the houses that I needed to get to. And it was going to be my final destination. And I was naive. I was young. I didn't know. And so I said, yeah, that's fine. I'll go and deliver to that house. Uh, so I go to my, I had five houses. That was my last one. I go to my first house. And uh, the issue was that I need to make another note here that I'm a millennial, which means that I don't know directions. I know Google Maps. I know my phone. 
and I trust it with all my being. I trust Waze and Google Maps and whatever app is telling me where to go. That's what I trust. That's what I know. And so I, I start my mission that day. I have five houses to deliver to, and I know that I need my phone, but I start and I hit the first house and I realize I have 20% battery left. You know when it like comes up, at least on iPhones, it tells you low battery mode, like saving mode. I hit saving mode. Okay, I have 20% but I'm a go with the flow kind of person. So 20% is more than enough to get me to five different destinations in Lisbon that afternoon. So I hit the first house, I hit the second house. By the time I hit the third house, I'm on 12%. Start to feel a little anxious. I'm starting to feel a little nervous. I'm on 12%. I don't know if that's gonna last me. And I don't know if my phone dies. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do with my life because I depend on Google Maps. It's important for us to understand that. Um, so I'm on the third house. The issue with the third house was that it's a friend of mine. I know her quite well. And, and so she just wanted to talk a little bit. She wanted to share a little bit about what was going on with her life. There had been an issue with her hamper as well. So I was trying to resolve that. And, and she's kind of telling me about what's going on and, and sharing about her life in the last few days with her son. Meanwhile, I'm in my head thinking, I have 12%. It's, it's, it's depleting as we speak. Eventually, I get my back in my car. I'm on 9%, 9% left from my last two houses. I have to make a decision, it's decision time. I'm not gonna make it to the last two houses, so I decide, you know what, I'm gonna skip the fourth house and I'm gonna go to the fifth house, which is in Alfama, because it's a single mom with two boys and, and she needs this hamper. So I get back in my car, I'm on 9%, I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm close, I'm about four minutes away. I clearly remember the GPS tell me I'm four minutes away, 5% battery, bam, phone dies, it's off. And now I'm frustrated. Now I'm annoyed because who would start on a delivery route with 20% left in our battery? Um, but my phone just switches off. I don't know where to go. I know I'm close. I know I'm four minutes away. I know that the GPS told me that. And I could remember the name of the street. I, I, as I looked at my phone um, while, I, while I was still on, I, I remember the name of the street. And so now it's off. I know I'm close. I don't know what to do. I see a taxi driver and, and a few taxi cars. And uh, I decide to just pull over, good old Portuguese parking, put my four blinkers on, and I go to this taxi driver and I ask him for help. Now, I should also know that in a generation of Ubers, a taxi driver is probably not your best bet to ask for help. So I asked this guy, listen, do you know where this street is? I'm desperate. I need help to get to this house. He kind of gazes into the horizon, an older man. And next thing he proceeds to tell me that I'm like way off. I'm about 30, 40 minutes away from this place, that it's in a whole nother place in Lisbon. And in my head, I'm even more frustrated because I know this guy is nonsense. This guy is, he doesn't know what he's talking about because I trust my GPS and it told me I was four minutes away. Meanwhile, he's telling me I'm like 34 minutes away. Uh, so um, not helpful. He then proceeds to get his phone from like 1967. It was a touch screen, so probably not from 67. But he starts to type in this uh, address, which is what I wanted him to do in the beginning. Um, and he starts to type it in, but I'm not even exaggerating. His fingers were too big for his touch screen. And so every time he tried to type one letter, he would hit three letters. It just wasn't working out. Next thing. My phone, I think I was frustrated, and so I just kept like touching my phone in the hopes that somehow it would resurrect. And all of a sudden it does. It resurrects from the dead, it turns on, Google Maps is on, 3%, I'm back on, I have hope renewed. 
and I just need to get back in my car and make it to this house. But now I'm stuck in the conversation with this taxi driver that is kindly trying to help me, but just isn't helping too much. He starts asking the other taxi drivers to help, and they're discussing how far I am from this house and how I need to go to another place. And when you tell me directions verbally, I get lost by the first 10 seconds. Um, and so I'm stuck in this conversation with these taxi drivers. Um, and meanwhile, my phone is on. Somehow I get myself out of that conversation. I get back in the car, 3%, Google Maps is on. I'm four minutes away from this house. I, I take the first left, I take the second right, I miss the third right, and bam, my phone turns off again. And now I'm really frustrated. <laughs> now my phone is off. I know that I'm even closer to the house, but I don't know where to go. Uh, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to get to this this house, uh, and I see an Indian tuck shop. And so again, I pull over good old Portuguese way, I put on my four blinkers, I go to this uh, Indian man and I ask him, please, uh, do you have a phone charger? Now it's these like corner shops that have vegetables and fruit and why not sell technology as well? He didn't fail me, he had a phone charger. And so he puts my phone charging, I get back in my car, I wait like 20, 30 minutes just doing nothing because usually when you're waiting you would like scroll through Instagram or Facebook or something but I didn't have my phone and so I'm just waiting for a good 30 minutes annoyed at myself for doing this whole thing without battery on my phone and I wait and I wait finally I get my phone back I make it to the house I make it to Alfama right as I was getting to the to the person's house because it is a maze in there remember again it's it's a maze it's it's crazy in Alfama and so I'm trying to get to this lady's house and I scratch my car on the way of doing that because people don't park well in Portugal and it was very tight and I, it was just a whole thing. I scratch my car, then I couldn't park right at the person's door because these little tiny streets in Lisbon um, are mainly for walking, not for cars to get to. And so for those of you who have been volunteering with the Lisbon Project, you know that these hampers are heavy, they're big. And so I need to take this hamper from my, my scratched car, take this hamper, walk it all the way to this lady's house. She was very happy to receive it. I delivered it. My mission was accomplished with this house. I go back, now I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I decide to skip the fourth house, skip that fourth hamper that was in my car and go home. And that was that. And I'm sharing this story because now that I think back on it, now as I was studying my message and thinking about this story, now it's funny, now it's ridiculous. I mean, why would I start? Why would I even think that on 20% battery I could hit five different places in Lisbon? And it's a funny story. Um, but we all know, we all know that a phone needs power to function. A phone needs energy, it needs battery to run all your apps. And the more apps that you run, the more power that it needs. And as Christians, we all know that God is the source of life. We all know that, that, that He is the creator of the universe. We all know that we only have breath because He's given it to us. We all know that He is the source of our provision. He is the source of our love. He is the source of everything that we need in this life. And yet so many of us are living our faith on 1% battery. So many of us are, are going through this life and we're trying to live out our calling and we're trying to pursue our purpose in Christ. Meanwhile, everything is depleting us and nothing is filling us back in. Our family demands our love and our patience and our work demands our energy and our focus and our friendships demand our time and the world demands so much of us. And yet we have nothing filling us in. 
And the Bible says that if we fail to abide in the Father, if we fail to abide in Him, all of a sudden we start feeling a little frustrated. All of a sudden we start feeling a little anxious and a little fearful. What are we going to do with our lives? How are we going to figure things out on our own? Where are we going to go? And if we fail to abide in the Father, maybe that 1% left, maybe that 1% of faith that we had, maybe that 1% that was keeping us alive, maybe even that will die. And today I'm going to go through four different points. Four different points looking at the scripture in John chapter 15 where Jesus is explaining that, that we are called to abide in him. And I want to look through what does it mean to abide in Jesus? What does it mean to stay connected to him? And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through four points. So I want to encourage you um, to please get your notebook out, get your phone out, and write these four points. It, it, it helps us so much to remember. Even Ruben and I were speaking this week that even when we preach and, and we ask ourselves about each other's messages the next a few weeks from them, we ourselves don't even remember sometimes. So really, I encourage you, write down what the Lord speaks to you throughout this message, throughout the next 20 minutes. Um, write it down so that you can meditate on it later and really internalize it. So the first point I want to go through today. Abiding in God is a passive identity and it's an active pursuit. Abiding in God is a passive identity and it's an active pursuit. Abiding in God is our status quo when we become Christians. The Bible says in 1 John Chapter 4, verse 10, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So abiding in God, it's our status quo when we become Christians because we're given the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. Yet in our scripture today, we read that abiding in the Father, abiding in God is a passive state of reality for every believer because it's our identity. When we become Christians, it's just who we are. God promises us that He will come and His Holy Spirit will live and will, will abide inside of us. And so it's who we are that we constantly, continually have the presence of God inside of us. And yet our scripture says that yes, it's, a, it's our identity, but it's also abiding in Jesus demands an active pursuit of who He is. Like my iPhone needs to be plugged in, we need to be plugged into Jesus. We need to be plugged into who he is. We need to be plugged into his truth. We need to be plugged into his comfort. We need to be plugged into his plans and his purposes for our lives. We need to be plugged into his will for us. We need to be plugged in to the Father. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 40, verse 16, But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. There's an action and there's a consequence. May all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness. And so what that tells me is that abiding in Jesus, is it demands that we search for Him. It demands that we seek Him. The same action that it takes for me to plug in my phone so that the next day I have battery, the same way as the world depletes us and so many things are, are demanding from us, we need to get back into the word. We need to get back into Jesus and we need to be connected with him. Search him and he will fill us. It's just who he is. He's a giving God. And so when we search for him, when we get connected to him, it's inevitable that he will fill us again. And so when we are guilty in our sin, 
and in our transgressions filled with shame, we get connected to Jesus who gives us forgiveness and frees us of our shame. When we're sad and we're, we're hopeless because of all the circumstances that we're living and all the struggles and obstacles that we're facing, we get connected to Jesus. We abide in him and he fills us with hope and with joy and with gladness. And when we're lost in the chaos of our emotions with so much going on around us, not knowing what else to think, not knowing what else to feel, we get connected to Jesus who gives us the stability of his peace and his presence. And when we're so ready to give up, when we're so tired and we're exhausted and we don't know what else to do, we get connected to Jesus who renews our strength. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Again, there's an action and there's a consequence. Those who trust in the Lord, those who put their trust in Him, those who get back into His Word, those who are reminded of His promises and choose to put their trust in Him, He will renew their strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk Walk and not faint. Abiding in Jesus demands an active pursuit. Yes, it's our identity. Yes, He lives within us. His Holy Spirit abides within our hearts, but He also demands an active pursuit into His Word, being connected so that He may fill us up. Point number two, abiding in God means obedience. Jesus speaking of his love and his will for our lives to abide in him. And he, his desire is that specifically that we abide in his love. This is what he says in John 15 verse 9. As my father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. He then proceeds to tell us what it means to remain in his love, to abide in his love. How do we even do that? And I want to continue with my analogy of my phone and its battery life. So just bear with me for this. You see, after that episode with uh, being completely lost in Lisbon and, and all of that whole frustrating saga that I explained earlier today, um, I decided never again. This is not going to happen to me ever again on my next delivery routes. I'm going to have what you call, uh, what's it even Power called? Bank. Power bank. <laughs> Power bank. God bless whoever invented power banks. And so uh, all of the subsequent uh, Fridays after that, I always made sure to have my power bank. And I think it was like this sec or two weeks after that first episode, I, um, I was on my delivery route with my power bank that was fully charged thanks to my kind, very prepared husband. Um, and I'm about on the like second to third house uh, when my phone, again, gives me that notification, 20% left, low saving battery mode. Um, I click yes, and I'm confident. No need to panic, no need to be scared, no need to be nervous. I'm confident because I have a power bank, and with a power bank, I'll be okay. Um, so I plug it in, I'm driving, my phone is happily charging. When next thing, I look at my phone, my phone that now should be happily charging, I look at my phone so that I can see the directions, and I realize it's not charging. I, the power bank is connected, but it's not charging. The battery's still depleting, and I, oh, I nearly panicked. It's my worst nightmare happening all over again. I still had two houses to get to. Thankfully, it was enough that day. My phone wasn't charging. 
um, what happened was that the the cable had a bad connection. That cable wasn't wasn't good, and so there was a bad connection, and it wasn't charging, and um, and I didn't have more battery. But I made it to the last two houses, so it was okay that day. No problems. Uh, no further problems occurred. But I feel like many of us, we look like we're connected, right? We look like we're connected and we're abiding in the Father. We're going to church or we're, we're tuning into Facebook Live. We are praying before our meals. We're going to the different Bible studies on Zoom. We, we look like we're connected and we're abiding in the Father. And yet Jesus described the meaning of abiding in Him this way. This is what He says in John 15.10. If you keep my commands, again, an action and a consequence. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. So a life of abiding in God, it's not just about searching Him. It's not just about seeking for Him and listening to Him. It's about obedience. It's about putting your faith into practice. Faith without deeds is dead. At one point, Joshua, um, he had just taken over office for Moses the Great, leader Moses and Joshua is taking over and they're about to to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land and so he gathers everybody and Joshua's giving like his his last uh, pep talk his last speech before getting into the promised land and he reminds the people of the importance of abiding in God this is what he says Joshua 1 verse 8 study this book of instruction continually He's talking about the law at this point, but we can generalize it to talk about the word as a whole. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. So that, I want you to remember these words, so that. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. See, advertisers, I don't know much about marketing, I never studied marketing, but advertisers agree overall that messages are more effective when repeated. I think it was like in the 1930s, as far as I could find online, in the 1930s they developed this idea of the golden uh, rule or the marketing rule of seven that states that we need to hear or we need to see a message at least seven times before we choose to take action, buying a product or buying a service. That was in the 1930s, at least seven times. Now imagine in a digital age where we are bombarded with advertisement and, and marketing wherever we go on our Instagram, on our Facebooks, billboards everywhere. Imagine how much more brands have to work to so that their messages can stand out within all the, in the midst of all the clutter. We need to hear messages over and over again so that we can choose to take action on it. And I think that Joshua would have had a, future in marketing and advertisement because he got this essence that repetition is effective and so he tells the people for you to abide in God 
And for you to be led to obedience, you need to meditate on the word day and night. You need to repeat his love over you. You need to repeat his plans over your life. You need to repeat how he is a good, good father. How no matter what things look like, he is a good father. You need to repeat his provision promises. You need to repeat that he has the power to heal. You need to repeat and meditate on the word day and night because eventually it might just become a reality in your life and it might just spark you into action, into obedience so that you don't conform to the patterns of this world, so that you're not conformed into the molds that the world wants to put you in, but you renew your mind and you are led to obedience, abiding in Jesus is obeying him. An abiding heart is an obedient heart. Number three, abiding in God means that we are not alone. I love this illustration that Jesus tells us about the branches and the vine because it so vividly demonstrates our complete dependence on him, our interconnectedness with him. And as I was studying for this message this week, I came across a quote. Now, warning, it's quite a depressing quote, but I just want to read it for, a mo- for us this morning. Um, it's written or it was said by an American actor and director called Orson Welles, and this is what he says. We're born alone, we live alone, we die alone. Only through our love and friendship can we create the illusion for the moment that we're not alone. And as I said, it's quite a depressing quote, right? He says, we, we're born alone and we die alone. And these friendships that we have with people, these relationships that we have with family and with others around us, it's just to create the illusion that for a second that we're not alone. And it's depressing and sad in my opinion. But so many people in the world believe it. So many people in the world live this way. They, they live in this self-sufficient mode where it's the survival of the fittest, where when crisis hits, when, when, when this pandemic kind of hits, you got to fend for yourself. You got to fight for yourself because no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to, no one's going to be there for you. At the end of the day, it's, it's about how you can figure out. You have to, you have to carry the weight of your own troubles. You have to carry your own burdens by yourself. You have to fight for what you want because nothing comes free. No one's going to give it to you otherwise. And yet, the message of Jesus is completely different. Jesus is telling us a completely different message. Jesus says that we're like a branch connected to the vine. And so, we're not alone. We're not isolated We are part of something so much bigger. We are part of something beautiful. That means that we don't have to carry our own weight. That means that we're not the center. We're not the center of the world. We're not even the center of our own lives. We are intricately connected to Jesus, who is willing, who is able, and who is faithful to carry our burdens, to carry the weight of our troubles to provide for us, to comfort us, to love on us. The Bible says in Matthew 11, Jesus is speaking and he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter to cast our anxiety on Jesus, the one who is faithful, the one who cares about us and who loves us. We are not alone. We are connected to something so much greater. And so it doesn't matter what happens around us. It doesn't matter how scary it looks. I have someone who cares about me and who will carry my burdens. Abiding in Jesus means you are not alone. And lastly, abiding in God means we bear fruit. That day um, where my phone died and I scratched my car and I was tired because I had to carry the hamper and I was frustrated at myself for not having a power bank or charging my phone. Um, after I delivered to um, this house in Alfama, I got back in my car and I just decided to go home. I was annoyed, I was irritated, and I just decided to go home. And I never made it to that fourth house that I had skipped. The hamper was sitting in my car and I went home and the next day Jode and Pedro had to take that hamper to the family that I missed. And so because I wasn't connected, because I wasn't equipped, because my phone wasn't charged, I missed an opportunity to be a blessing. And what Jesus is telling us is that when we fail to abide in him, when we fail to stay connected to him, to be renewed by him, we miss opportunities to be a blessing. He says in John 15, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, bearing fruit is not optional for Christians. Bearing fruit is not optional for Christians. It's what characterizes us. Our fruit is what characterizes us as disciples, as followers of Jesus. We read in 1 John that if we say that we have fellowship with God and yet we're not producing any fruit and yet we're living in darkness, it says that we're lying to ourselves and we're lying to God. Bearing fruit is inevitable for the Christian. When you are connected to a God who is God of life, giver of life, it, it is inevitable that he will change you. It's inevitable that he will make you, cause you to produce fruit. It's not optional for the Christian. And yet... I want to ask us, well, what does bearing fruit even mean? What does that mean? Is it, is it the amount of organizations that we found? Is it the, the amount of churches that we plant or the companies that we help succeed? Is that what fruit is? What, is? what does it mean to bear fruit? And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 24, it contrasts. Paul is explaining what, what the fruit is. And he, and he contrasts the fruit or the works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. He says, the fruits of the flesh, our sinful nature, we bear things such as idolatry and jealousy and dissensions and fits of anger. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I know that you've heard this illustration so many times, but as a new parent, I have to bring it up again. Jade is 10 months now, and um, she's getting tiring. That, that little baby that you just 
would hold in, in your arms and she would go from person to person just quietly, peacefully sleeping. No, that, those days are behind us. <laughs> she's now uh, crawling everywhere. She thinks she can walk and so she's a danger to herself and to everyone around her. Um, but she's constantly, Ruben posted on Facebook last week of how all she wants is what she can't have. She's always going to the printer and to the electrical plugs and into the garbage. And, and when you contradict her, it's not pretty. <laughs> um, and just with, as, I, as I see her grow, what's natural is our sinful nature starts to show itself and you start to see how, how jealousy, how, how selfishness, how fits of anger is so natural to us. It's part of our sinful nature. It's part of who we are. And so as parents to Jade, what we have to do is raise her so that we can, we can, we can harvest the fruits of the Spirit within her. So that we can see God doing a work in her and teach her gentleness and teach her sharing and teach her about generosity and teach her about patience. And so Paul is contrasting the fruits of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. And so we start to understand that abiding in Jesus is allowing him to change us from the inside out is allowing Him to change us, to remove that which comes from our sinful nature and start producing a work in us, start to, producing the fruit, start to produce the fruits of the Spirit so that we become more like Jesus. Bearing fruit is, is an outward demonstration of an inward transformation. Bearing fruit is just a signal of what's going on inside of you, of how Jesus is transforming your character. Bearing fruit is, is not about an effort to be good. It's not about us trying to earn points with God. It's not about, it's not about the branch trying to, to be productive on its own. That's not what bearing fruit is. Bearing fruit is about allowing God the source of life, being connected to the vine, allowing the vine that is full of life, allowing the vine that is the source, the genesis of life to fill us and to renew us and to transform us. And as he does, we become more like Jesus and we start to resemble who he is and we start to be characterized by him. And people no longer just see Gabby, they see a, gen a gentleness and a kindness and a patience that, that brings them to Jesus. That fruit is what characterizes us as disciples of God. As the old has gone and the new has come, we allow Jesus to transform us. People see a person that is characterized by Jesus. And as we become connected to the vine, we allow God to produce fruits of the Spirit. And when He does, when He starts to, to make us more like Him, when he starts to give his life and to pour his life into us and into our lives, we become a blessing wherever we go. We start to bring life into every situation. We start to bring life into every relationship. We start to bring life into our work environment. We start to bring life into our, our, our conflicted family situations. We start to bring life wherever we go, even in the midst of quarantine, even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of crisis all over the world. We have life to give because we're connected. We are abiding in Jesus who is a giver of life. 2 Corinthians, verse 1, verse 
or chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. This is a verse that has been on my heart for a while, and I shared it in the, in the prayer group this week. I just want to share it now again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Again, He's the source. He's the source of compassion. He's the source of comfort. We only know what compassion is because God is compassion and has comfort to give. He's the source. Praise be to God of, of compassion, to the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that, this is so important, these two words, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. See, the Bible is telling us that when we abide in Jesus, it's not about just filling ourselves up. It's about allowing God to transform us and to change us and to comfort us and to provide for us and to heal us so that we may overflow, so that we can be a blessing, so that the comfort that we receive is the comfort that we give to others that are in need around us. I love that when God chooses the nation of Israel in Genesis chapter 12, he says, I'm going to bless you so that you may be a blessing and I want to tell you today that when you are abiding in Jesus it is so that you may give life wherever you go so that you may be a blessing wherever you go so that you may provide for others as God provides for you so that so that characterizes the life of a Christ follower we are so that kind of people whatever we receive so that Freely we have received and freely we give so that we may be a blessing wherever we go. The Bible says that others will identify you by the fruit that you produce. And I want to tell you again, it's not optional. And so if you're not producing fruit, and if nothing is changing in your life, and if you're the same person today as you were two years ago, if God is not doing a work in you, if, if the same habits you had before and the same addictions you had before and the same, the same routines that you had before that were negative and were conformed to the patterns of this world, if that's not changing, if you're not becoming more Christ-like, then maybe you look connected, but maybe you're not. Because it's inevitable that when we're connected to a life-giving God, that we will start to produce life and that we will be characterized by this life. He says, Jesus says actually that apart from him, we can do nothing. And, and if we're not producing any fruit, then we're just as good as a stick that's dried up and it's really, it's good for nothing. And so as we close today, I want to ask you, are you... Are you running on 1% battery, barely hanging on? Are you trying to live this life, trying to live out your calling, trying to pursue the things that you know God has for you, trying to pursue the dreams that God has for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your work, for your career, for, for your children? Are you trying to pursue those things on 1% battery? barely holding on, barely getting into the word, barely getting into his promises over your life, barely praying, barely spending time with God. Is, is that how you're living your life? And you're starting to feel a little bit frustrated and you're starting to feel a little bit anxious because what happens when that 1% dies? What happens when the little bit of faith you have left just ends? 
maybe you're on 1% battery and, and I want to challenge you. If life is depleting you, if you have all these apps running in different areas of your life, maybe it's time that you get connected to Jesus. Jesus who knows everything you need. Maybe I don't know what you need and people around you don't know what you need, but God does. God knows the breakthroughs that you need. God knows the comfort that you need to hear today. God knows the miracles that you've been praying for. God knows everything you need. He is the only one that satisfies. And maybe you just need to come to Him. He says, come to me all who are weary. You got to come. There's an action and there's a consequence. Come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Search for the Lord and you will be filled with gladness. Trust in the Lord and He will renew your strength. There's an action and there's a consequence. You just need to stay connected. Or maybe you look connected to Jesus. Maybe you're like my faulty cable that, that I thought it was charging when I plugged it into the power bank, the power bank that was going to save my life. I thought that it was connected, but really the cable had a faulty connection, and so really it wasn't charging. Maybe that's you right now. Maybe you look connected to the Father. Maybe you look connected to the vine, to Jesus. But really, you're just listening to the podcast and you're listening to the worship and you're tuning in on Facebook Live. But down deep, there's no fruit being produced. Nothing's changing. The Holy Spirit isn't changing you and transforming you. This week we had our last uh, married couple couple's um, Bible study we've been doing for past seven weeks every Saturday we get together and we've been following a Francis Chan um, book and and we've been discussing different topics in marriage because we 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 want God to abide in our marriages we want God to shape our marriages so that we can become more like him and uh, this past Saturday or yesterday uh, it was the last one and Steve and Laurel who are leading the group Steve challenged us and he asked us well in the past seven weeks what has changed in the past seven weeks, how has God transformed your thinking in your marriage? What has changed in your marriage? What has changed in the way that you want to relate to your spouse? And it was quite a confrontational question because one thing is to tune into a Bible study. One thing is to watch these nice videos and have a nice little 40-minute discussion. Another thing is when somebody confronts you with the question of what has changed. See, because there's no point in looking like we're connected. There's no point in, in searching out God. But then when he wants to work and move in our lives and, and change things so that things may actually change, so that he may actually be king and lord over our marriages, so that he may abide in our home, so that he may shape our family to be what he wants us to be, there's no point if we don't let him change us. Nothing will produce fruit. There will be no life. We'll just be depleted and empty and frustrated and scared. And so I want to ask you, are you truly abiding in Him? Is He transforming you? Is He changing your character to be more like Him? More gentle, more kind, more generous, more loving, more patient, more forgiving. Is He producing fruit in your life so that you may give life wherever you go? My prayer is that we will be a church that is characterized by the fruits of the Spirit. That others will see 
that we are disciples of Jesus Christ, that others will look at us and see very imperfect vessels of a perfect kind of love. John chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus ends um, our portion of scripture for today and he says, I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. May our joy be complete as we abide in him. As we abide in Jesus, as he is the giver of life, as he fills us, as he satisfies us, as he changes us, as he shows us what he wants for our lives, as he shows us his will for our church, as he shows us how we're meant to serve the city, as he shows us how we're meant to be examples of his love, may we be filled, may our joy be complete as we lay down our lives for God to do what he pleases with them so that we may cause transformation so that others may receive the joy of their salvation. So I'm going to ask us to pray right now. Pray. Pray that not only that God abides in us because he already does. That's a promise that we have that the Holy Spirit will abide in you when you become a believer. He wants to live in you. He wants to abide in you, but we're going to pray that we will have a daily active pursuit of abiding in Him, of looking for Him, of staying connected to Him. We're going to pray for that discipline. We're going to pray for a faithful servant heart so that we may get to a day where, like Paul says, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have run the good race. Man, I want to get there. I want to get to the end of my life and say, it's not about all the things I achieved. It's not about all the things I did, but it's about the person I was. And I want to get to that day. Endurance only comes when you are filled with God. We're going to pray for God to fill us. Fill us today. Open up your heart. Open up your heart and let God fill you with what you need. And tomorrow, meditate on the word again. Meditate on the word day and night. And the day after that, meditate on the word again. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the week after that, and the year after that, meditate on the word of God because it is active and living. And it changes us. And it gives us life. We're going to just take a moment with your families or if you're alone. Just take a moment, just you and God. Nothing else. Nothing else around. Just you and God. Get connected. Plug in. And He will give you what your heart desires. He will give you what your soul needs today. Jesus, speak to us. Jesus, fill us. Jesus, comfort us. Console us. Give us of your life so that we may be a blessing. Let's just pray.